Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Forward Curve. Hello and welcome to The Forward Curve, the weekly podcast covering the commodity markets and the global economy. Brought to you by Gold Street Advisors, the independent research and advisory firm. In today's episode, we discuss how recent inflationary pressures are being handled by the Chinese government. I'm Christian Klavodecher, and joining me is our chief analyst, Robin Barr. Hey, Robin, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Christian. It can't have escaped notice that prices of industrial commodities are soaring. Iron ore, copper, and palladium have spearheaded a broad base rally in commodities over the past year, rising to record highs last week of more than $230 a tonne, $10,000 a tonne, and $3,000 an ounce, respectively. Not to mention tin, often the forgotten metal, which soared above $33,000 a tonne last week. These price gains are worrying Chinese authorities. Those are some awfully big numbers for the respective commodities. But let me say this with tongue firmly in cheek, Robin. You mean inflationary pressures are an issue in China too? <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, inflation affects everyone. And Chinese policymakers are worried that surging prices for iron ore, copper, coal, and other commodities will exact a damaging toll on the economy. Uh, in fact, data released this week showed producer prices rose by the most in more than three years, and these have fueled such concerns. Right. So what exactly are the Chinese authorities saying and doing about all of it? Okay, we've had quite a, yeah, we've had quite a blizzard of um, comments. So authorities in China, you know, seeking to cool hot commodity markets. You've had the, um, the second-in-command, Premier Li Keishang calling for stable prices, and he highlighted a negative impact of sharp increases in commodity prices on the operational costs of enterprises in China. The ferrous markets were at the centre of attention, with prices for iron ore and steel soaring to satisfy China's insatiable appetite for these important infrastructure building materials. Provincial government authorities are to examine illegal behaviour and suspend production at steel mills found to be manipulating market prices. Regulators in Shanghai and Tangshan have warned local steel companies against price gouging, collusion, and spreading false market information. China's National Development and Reform Commission said they were looking into the ferrous market after iron ore prices rose almost 35% over the past month and further measures to cool red-hot prices could be in the offing. The NDRC said that Chinese firms should boost domestic exploration for the steel-making raw material, at the same time widening their sources of imports. Interesting. So what other measures are being adopted by the Chinese government? Well, Shanghai regulators have put forth a stipulation that large steel price increases are forbidden unless there are significant changes in production costs. Meanwhile, futures exchanges such as those in Dalian and uh, Sheffi in Shanghai have responded with raising trading fees, higher trading limits, higher margin requirements on futures contracts, and have pledged to strengthen 
market supervision. Steps meant to rid the market of speculators who might have been pushing up prices. And is there any indication that any of these measures are working? Funny you should say that. So far, these measures have proved mostly counterproductive. They have been slow to take effect as steel mills in the rest of the country have rushed to crank up output to take advantage of reduced capacity in Tangxiang and cash in on record domestic steel prices. A decision to remove the export tax rebate for some steel products on the 1st of June has also led to other mills increasing production. As a result, China's steel production hit a record level in March, with output up 19% year-on-year to 94 million tonnes. Production was even higher in April at almost 98 million tonnes, with exports up 20% year-over-year, and bringing the year-to-date total to 375 million tonnes. So that's up 16% year over year. And you can see that this has boosted iron ore, which climbed 35% over the past month. So staggering price rises. Absolutely. So what about the non-ferrous markets, Robin? Yeah, not forgetting about the base metals. We've seen major Chinese copper brokers and traders. They've been ordered by the authorities to refrain from making bullish statements on metal prices by government officials in attempt to rein in the bullish sentiment of recent weeks. Conversations were held with a few traders on their copper market positions at individual meetings arranged by the Chinese government overseeing commodity markets. Officials have warned that remarks boosting positive sentiment in the copper markets could go against the spirit of recent public comments made by senior politicians. <laughs> wow. Well, talk about the differences between how the Western world operates and how China does. Um, and it's certainly not hard to editorialize at this point about history's many lessons on government's attempts to control the economy. But instead, let me just ask a simple question of you, Robin. Wouldn't hedging have helped? For sure. Indeed, Chinese businesses should use futures to hedge against commodity price hikes. And this is coming from the China Futures Association. Chinese corporations, they say, should increase their use of futures products to hedge against recent price spikes in major commodities across the world. Rising procurement costs of raw materials have made the lives of small and medium enterprises tough, while higher prices of end products could lead to waning consumption. The practice of hedging commodity prices is more common for large companies in China. Over 600 listed enterprises have publicly announced their use of such derivative instruments. So quite a big call for, uh, for more hedging to be done. The government now faces a policy dilemma because this is the author of many of the concerns around inflation, with commodity price gains driven to a large degree by Beijing's economic growth, carbon and import policies. The fact that China is no longer leading commodities consumption will be a strain on its ability to influence prices. However, Beijing has a lot of levers it can pull in a bid to rein in prices, like withdrawing liquidity perhaps from the financial system or even rolling back fiscal stimulus. More precise measures for individual commodities, such as inducing additional supply or releasing strategic stockpiles 
are also likely to be weighed by policymakers. So I think to conclude, what we can say is, so watch this space. In the wake of the fall of the Berlin Wall back in November of 1989, it seemed clear to all that free market capitalism had prevailed over systems in which governments played a central role in the economy. Since then, the rise of China as a global economic superpower has somewhat challenged that consensus, as their explosive growth has been the product of a combination of free market practices and high levels of government control. And while we hasten to point out that even Western economic systems are mostly of a mixed nature, governments in Europe and the Americas undoubtedly engage in more laissez-faire systems, whilst the Chinese increasingly lean in to centralized government control. Is history repeating itself? Only time will tell. I want to thank Robin for joining me today, and I also want to thank you for joining us. Please be sure to subscribe to The Forward Curve on your favorite podcast platform. I'm Christian Klavodecher, and on behalf of the Gold Street Advisors team, I thank you for listening. And remember to always keep an eye and ear on The Forward Curve.